yet another episode of the Side Talks podcast, Corey. That's right. How are you doing over there? Oh, I'm doing great. How are you, Rachel? Good. Good. Let's um let's maybe talk about movies. Well, you know, this is the podcast where we normally do a really long intro, but we also like to keep people on their toes. So let's make it a short one. All right. Let's get into it. Show me that show and tell me that smile. Show me that smile again. Show and tell. Will you do that for us? That little that little Growing pains Absolutely. thing? Okay, good. Corey, what have you got? I mean, you're not wrapping anything up. You're not hiding anything. It's all right out here in the open. And what is it? Let us let us Technically, know. Technically, today's show-and-tell presentation comes from our friends here at Boutwell Studios. Because you, as I sat uh, back here um, waiting to get started today, I... I started looking through these old copies of Spin Magazine. So we have two issues of Spin Magazine, one from February 1997, one from January 1995. And these are both the Reader's Poll Results issues of Spin Magazine. Now, there are some real doozies. This is, of course, predominantly pertaining to music, which is not, you know, the area of our expertise. Um, But I think that some of these are ridiculous enough to justify a show-and-tell segment. First, Uh, however... Yeah, I've also seen some Joe Camel ads. You've seen Joe Camel ads. All over the place. Trojan condoms. Of course. Um... Yeah, ooh, CK. Oh, there's a gentleman C- with his shirt off. That's a Calvin Klein. Oh, Calvin Klein um, model. Model. Uh, there's Eddie Eddie Vedder. We've got some. This all sneaker tracks. ads. Um, there is a an ad in here for the VHS release of Twelve Monkeys. Uh, you can oh. own the smash hit sci-fi thriller for an exciting low price. That is nineteen dollars and ninety eight. Isn't that uh, crazy? Bill Clinton dollars um, on videotape. It's also available in a widescreen edition. Oh, now good. this videotape came out January 28th, 1997, which is a full 13 months after that film came out in theaters. That's how Can long you we imagine? had to wait back then, folks. For 12 Monkeys. Um, Hard to do, but As I was we telling Brad pre-recording, uh, I remember having to wait like 18 months for Jurassic Park. And I, it, was a, it was a long wait because yeah. my mom would not let me see that in theaters. It's a nail biter, Corey. Uh, well, I was biting nails. All right. Their annual reader's poll from 1997. I want to read you some things here. Let's hear okay. it. Let's hear it. Um, the best new artist. All right. There's a top five. Number one, garbage. We got okay. all Shirley Manson in there. That's so good. So I have a confession. Uh-huh. I listened to that album, that CD. I listened to that CD a whole lot. That it's tracks. a great record. That tracks. Is it? Do, you, do you agree? I remember yeah, they really were a good band. loving that. And I, I like Shirley Manson. I She's think Shirley great. Manson's kind of cool. Then we got in you know decreasing order, no doubt, coming in at number two Terrible. behind Shameful. Garbage. Uh, 311, Remember When? Oh, that that boy. They used to be people that Yikes. we were forced to pay attention Yikes. to. Um, Goldfinger and Jewel. Coming in at number oh, five. Jewel. That's right around the time she, you know, was on Oprah about sleeping in her car and all that shit. Yeah, yeah, but she'll tell you, you know, she'll she'll come back and explain herself uh, these days. There was like a to do about that where she was mad at Kurt Loder. 
recently. Did you see that? No, what I, did, I don't remember. It was something about. There Are was we some sure sort that of, this wasn't this was like years ago? A couple oh, weeks apo- ago, that, I saw he, he apologized for some sort of interview he did around this time. I I don't know. I was not paying attention to this because mm. I was um, like well, ten years old. Kurt Loder is generally a very sort of thoughtful, professional gentleman. I'm not really sure what happened there. I'm not, and I'm not being sarcastic. Like he's, I don't know. Always thought he's kind of good at his job, but maybe I'm wrong. Anyway, thanks for the apology to Jewel Kurt Loader. Yeah, that that's damn decent of you. All right, what do you, what do you think the best music video of 1996 was according Man, you're to really Spin? Asking readers. me for to to shoot really direct at something. Um, what Smashing Pumpkins album was out again? This is Melancholy. The, so I would say Tonight Tonight. Though. You're 100 percent on the money. That yeah. that was voted the best video. Of nineteen ninety six. Well, let's connect it back to film because you know what that's a version of. It's a version of a trip to the moon. That's right. The George Melius film. And to connect it to film even more, the directors of that video, I did not know this until looking in the spin magazine. Jonathan Dayton and Valerie Ferris, who went on to direct your beloved Little Miss Sunshine. Ugh, gag. All right. Now for some, uh, let's say, negative things. Um, The worst video of 1996, uh, Alanis Morissette's Ironic. Boy, they really are hating on Alanis Morissette, which I said fair because she that that album is absolutely jagged little pill is absolutely i'm sorry but it's absolutely terrible gonna disagree with you it but has go that, ahead. it has lines like you know how about getting off of the antibiotics i mean it's shit and then like that thank you i got one hand in my pocket and the other one's hand in the taxi listen cab. she was a teenager terrible. who had some really deep feelings that, and doesn't matter to me i don't want to listen right. to a teenager with deep feelings singing about giving a peace sign um, well, she had one hand in her pocket at the time. Truth. Um, anyway, Alanis Morissette shows up on best, uh, artist, worst artist, worst album, Very most divisive. overrated, divisive figure. Indeed. Okay. Um, <laughs> uh, okay. What the music trend that should die category, okay. according to spin magazine readers. Yeah. I'm going to start from the bottom and go up. Let's do it. Number three, the Macarena. Well, they were fortunate enough that indeed that music trend did die. Number two, country. Oh. Well, folks, I hate to I hate to rain on your parade, but it's still around. And then number one, who do you think the predominantly angry white male readership of Spin Magazine? What what trend do you think they should that should die? An emphasis on white. Yeah, I don't know. Rap. Oh no. Got oh, some bad news for you, folks. Spin, this is can't you're canceled. You are canceled as hell, spin readership. Terrible. All right. Um, so they didn't just spin their uh poll on music. So let's turn to some of the televisual categories, which okay. is more in our wheelhouse. Sure. The best film of 1996, as voted upon by spin readers, train spotting. Followed oh, by, of course. Of you course. mentioned the condom ads and the Joe Camel ads. Of course, it's train spotting. Followed by Independence Day. Oh, God. And at number three, this would have never, never even crossed my mind as a possibility. The Crow, City of Angels. Yes. yes. And let me tell you, The Crow was a very, that was a really popular film. I clearly remember this year. But was the Um, sequel? No. No, I mean, but The Crow was. The Crow was. So The Crow, City of Angels, which has. Yeah, but The Crow had a following from that first one. So people went to go see the Brandon Lee-less sequel? I guess so. Which, was it the original Crow that had the, Courtney Love did the cover of Goldust Woman? I think that was the original Crow, wasn't it? 
Anyway. Well, that does speak directly to the spin readership. Yes, I it imagine. does. Best actor slash actress. Number one, I guess owing to his appearance in train spotting, Ewan McGregor. Oh God. Y'all. Number two, Mr. Bradley Pitt. I don't know what he was doing in nineteen ninety six. Maybe well, that, that was like seven Fight years Club, into right? that. Am I wrong? No, that's ninety nine. Oh, okay. So um, still got a couple of years. This couple years after seven, but I mean, like, oh, he was still riding guess, the seven and, wave. and twelve monkeys. Um, the aforementioned twelve monkeys, yes, there and you number go. three, Adam Sandler. Oh, of course. Now, the best TV show result, better, because okay. these are all three shows that I like. Let's hear it. They are iconic '90s shows. Number one, Seinfeld. Maybe yeah, you've love heard Seinfeld. of it. Number two, The X Files, one yeah, of my favorite television shows I, of all time. It's definitely culty following. Sure. And then number three, The Simpsons, which was still good right. in 1996. I feel like that's a top. That's still someone's top three list. It I will say that might be my top right, three there you list. Go. Throw in Twin Peaks in there, and, yeah. I, and buddy, I'm set. Um, David Duchovny likewise tops the. Um, the poll for best TV actor slash actress. Oh yeah, people really really liked him. Noteworthy though. In both of these actor slash actress categories, no actresses made the list. Look again. Do you want to <laughs> reference the readership for Spin Magazine, Corey? Uh, white dudes. Uh, Michael Richards and Jerry Seinfeld are the uh, follow-up uh, winners. There. All right. Um, the winner of MTV's most annoying person slash show. Can't wait. Jenny McCarthy. Oh, boy. The winner of Sex God slash Goddess, yeah. Jenny McCarthy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, um, that track. Follow-ups uh, under Sex God slash Goddess are Gavin Rossdale and Trent Reznor. Oh, y'all, stop. Stop. My favorite was when Courtney Love was like, yeah, I dated Trent Reznor for a hot... Courtney Love's coming a lot, up a lot, but I mean, it's the nice. <laughs> but she was like, I dated... Uh, Trent Reznor for a couple weeks and just so everybody knows I want you to be aware he's just a redneck who watches football all the time which is all I can think Sick. about when his name is mentioned sounds cool to me you want to hang out Trent we can talk about Pixar because oh, he boy. did the music for yeah. the Pixar movie Soul alright last category I want to um, read to you here which is breathtaking okay. in it's cruelty Oh, loser of the year so wrong now the number one loser of the year does not bother me much. Okay. The number one loser of the year, according to spin readers, is Bob Dole. Hard okay. to argue. Okay. He did lose the presidential election, All right. and he Fair. sucked in general. Spin readers, you know, answering this poll while you're out buying condoms and Joe Camel cigarettes. Uh, fair. Now, here is where this list takes a turn. Number two, loser of the year. <laughs> is Tupac Shakur, who was killed in 1996. So he's the loser of the year for dying. He is the second place loser of oh the year, according, again, to what one presumes is the predominantly white readership of Spin Magazine because he was murdered. Jesus. <laughs> what the fuck do I do with that? I, what is anybody supposed to do I with that? I don't know. What are you doing, Spin Magazine? You are canceled as hell. You probably should not have printed that, no matter what the results actually said. Well, also, I kind of picture the results being just two postcards sent in by like a dude and his friend. 
Yeah, the uh, yeah. You think the results were like compiled yeah. hastily yeah. in amongst yeah. the like the copy? Yeah, like two people cared enough to Spin magazine. Enter, yeah. Well, I think that's enough looking through Spin, even oh, though agreed. we didn't get to the 1995 issue, which has its own pleasures. Perhaps we will save those for another day. Because if you thought looking at the 97 magazine was like going through a time machine. I mean, there are ads in here for America Online and uh, modems and stuff. So cool. um, we'll put a plug in it. We'll, and, uh, we'll have to come, come back, back to it, it another time because, boy, this is a wild ride. Get you some uh, old magazines and and travel back in time. So that's or you been. Could, you could quote Sling Blade. It gets a little quiet around here at night. You don't <laughs> need to get some hard candies and some magazines. <laughs> well, that's the perfect end of this show and tell segment. Uh, all right. And now, a look at what we're watching this week. Oh, Corey, let me i tell you what I'm watching. Oh, please Real, do. Just very, very quickly. So, very recently, I watched a, a classic film. Uh-huh. A, a beautiful film, a very stylist, stylistic, stylized, whatever you want to say, film uh, from 1991 starring the very talented Vanilla Ice. Oh, my God. Cool as ice. So, this was... Directed by David Kellogg. Yeah, who is shot. really only known for making music videos and television commercials. Shot by Steven Spielberg's regular cinematographer, Janusz Kaminski. Yeah, well, it's I'll, be, I'll tell you the truth. It's actually not a bad-looking film. Of course not. It's kind of a pretty film. Um, but it you got is Vanilla Ice on there. You got plenty to look film. at. I mean, he races a girl on a horse who he's courting and then jumps... Uh, the, the things, you know, we gave relationship advice on a previous podcast. I feel like this is the relationship advice you could give is when you see a young woman that you find attractive on a horse, do not then chase her with your motorcycle, jump the fence and spook the horse with your motorcycle, throwing her off of the horse. But I would say don't don't do that. And yet it worked out very well for Vanilla Ice <laughs> and Cool as Ice. So what the hell do I know? Uh, yeah. And I want you to know, too, just a couple of other credits from David Kellogg. Have you seen this film, by the way? I've seen it in bits and pieces, and it, but it's been since college. We, you know, I'm sure, I'm sure we threw it on as like a gag one night, and I it's have nuts. very little memory of it, to be honest. It's weirder than you remember. It's weirder than you think it's going to be. And I, by the way, they the beginning is which features i think it's naomi campbell uh-huh. just for a hot minute it's like star a special appearance by like and it says that while she's on the screen i'm like yeah we saw it <laughs> singing for half a second um it, they clearly watched do the right thing and tried to kind of have that vibe like the opening credits yes. rosie perez dancing it's a, it, yes it's it definitely i mean i'm not suggesting it's copying that i'm just saying that there's no way they didn't reference that in the on their look book they know. should copy it because it's cool as shit yeah, well, more movies is, should is start with rosie cool Perez as ice though dance sequences it's not cool man as ice. um anyway i i really highly recommend this one for there, i mean so many lines like you need to drop the zero and get with the hero yep that kind of stuff is throughout <laughs> it doesn't stop and you know of course his uh some good suggestions about you know hairstyle he's got the waffle and then it turns into zigzag but Really, more importantly than any of the content in this film, I also want you to know some of David Kellogg's credits. Okay. He is the writer of Playboy, colon, Farmer's Daughters. That had a writer? I know. That's what I thought, too. I figured that would write itself. Isn't that the movie from X? <laughs> Sam, um, is that the movie from X? One? I'm Farmer's kidding. Never Daughters. mind. Um, but he's also the producer of many a Playboy film. The highlights for me were Playboy Wet and Wild, Playboy Playmates at Play, and my personal favorite, Playboy, 
Dutch twins. And that list goes on and on and on. So do you think that's how Vanilla Ice hooked up with him? He was like, yo, man, I love your work. Yes, I do, actually. I think he's like, yo, so uh, let me just see if I can't get David Kellogg to direct this. Because he's directed my favorite film, Playboy, Dutch Twins. I really loved the mise-en-scene in Playboy, Playmates at Play. Yes, I did. he did love it, probably. Um, <laughs> What's he not has to a love? very strong jawline. And that's all I'll say about Cool as Ice. What have you been watching? (laughs) Uh, I haven't been watching a whole hell of a lot, to be honest. Um, I have been doing a little bit of screening for our upcoming 24th annual Sidewalk Film Festival, watching uh, some of the submissions there. And I can't talk about those, obviously, but I've seen some good stuff. Um, It's very hush-hush, y'all. It is very hush-hush. We're in the midst, of course. Uh, The earlier stages of planning the program for this August's festival – but that, that process is coming along, and we're seeing a lot of good stuff. Or at least I am. I don't want to speak for you. Maybe you're just seeing a bunch of garbage. Um, I'm just going to stay quiet right now. <laughs> so No comment. Um, I haven't seen a whole lot other than that. I watched the first two episodes of season six of Better Call Saul, which just came back after a two-year hiatus, mostly due to COVID. But as you may recall, its star Bob Odenkirk had a heart attack on set uh, about a year ago, um, was in the hospital after a while, um, and everybody was – I mean, if you're like like me, Bob Odenkirk is is one of those guys who's kind of a national treasure, um, not only for his work on Breaking Bad and Better Call Saul, but like Mr. Show and all of his great comic work. Uh, He's just one of my guys, and um, that was distressing news. But he rallied. He's better. Uh, they finished filming the season. It's one of the best shows on TV. And um, the two premiere episodes were amazing. So Very it came cool. back just as strong as ever. And then other than that, um, I rewatched uh, Frank Darabont's 1999 Stephen King prison adaptation. No, the other one, The Green Mile, um, oh, starring boy. Thomas Hanks, your favorite actor, uh, an Academy oh, Award boy. nominee, Michael Clark Duncan. Um, if a more than $100 million grossing Stephen King adaptation that got nominated for Best Picture can be underrated, and I'm not sure that it can. I think The Green Mile might be a little underrated these days. It's kind of seen in the shadow of Shawshank, uh, which, of course, is a better movie. But you know what? The Green Mile, good-ass movie. Solid movie movie. It is. Hot it is take. Sizzling hot take. Dad cinema, perhaps, at its finest. But you know what? I'm getting there. You know, I'm not actually a father in the sense that I you don't have any children, like one, but that is like my, one. yeah, that's my vibe right now. I'm, I'm a dad. I'd like to talk about World War II and watch The Green Mile. Um, so I had a good time revisiting it. It's a really good movie. It's coming soon, a podcast where Corey talks about WW2 and The Green Mile. Don't tempt me with a good time. I'll, I'll be like, you see, it's, when when sniveling little Percy Wetmore, played by Doug Hutchinson, who went on to marry a teenager, that's my obligatory Eek. mention of that. Um, uh, when he did that bad thing, it was like when that guy in World War II did that bad thing, and all the dads in, in the town will stand and applaud and maybe even throw me a parade. I don't know. Uh, anyway, I'm really looking forward to that. I did really like the Green Mile. It helped that I watched it on uh, 4K UHD um, uh, in the highest possible home present uh, home 
presentation resolution and it was the best. Uh, so that's what I've been watching. I'd like to get to the cinema one of these days. Aren't you? To, you'll be there soon for the Northman. I would assume. I would really, really, really love to go see the Northman. I really hope I can do it. That's all I can say yeah. at this juncture. Yeah. Um, but I'm I'm very excited to see that. Hopefully, next time we record, I'll be telling you about that and hopefully waving my arms in the air enthusiastically. Well, I'll um, keep my fingers crossed for you. I appreciate it. Thank you for listening to the Side Talks podcast. We're your own personal cinematic. And I want you to know, Corey, this was completely serendipitous uh-huh hyper colors and jerbo jeans <laughs> and i would prefer if it's okay with y'all to be the hyper colors shirt that's what i that's sure. my preference sure so sure you can be the jerbo jeans great anyway thanks to revelator <laughs> i'm only vaguely aware of what that refers to but <laughs> of, I'll leave of the jerbo or sure. of the hyper colors uh either or whoa so hyper colors i just need to school you really quickly uh-huh. was a color changing shirt it's reactionary so that, you know, if you were wearing it, I could come up and put my hand on your back and it would, you know, change the colors, dude. So every single shirt I wore when I was a 10 year old in the nineties <laughs> was either a little collared duck head shirt with a little duck right. head there or a hard rock cafe t-shirt. Oh, that's wow. what we did back then. Wow. Um, yeah. I so can I didn't see have that. those. But hyper, just so you know, hyper colors was hyper cool. And everybody wanted one. Is it still cool? I, have I missed I, the boat? I would love to have a Hyper Colors shirt. It's the mood ring of t-shirts. Yeah. Amazing. They're really difficult to find. They're, you you wish you had one because you could sell it on eBay for a couple hundred bucks. Sick. I will say my friend Candace did a April Fool's joke one year where she made up a fake headline that says Hyper Colors causes cancer. Causes cancer. <laughs> um, which was one of my favorite <laughs> April Fool's jokes ever. Ever, ever. Anyway, um, yeah. So thanks to Batwall Studios. Yeah, thanks, Brad. You're welcome. Sorry, we're ridiculous. I love it. Thanks to Revelator Coffee. Our sponsor, wonderful Revelator Coffee, serving delicious coffee in downtown Birmingham that I get several times a week because it's great and I need coffee to function as an adult. To exist and survive. Something happens for our youngsters listening to this program. Something happens around the time that you turn around 32. Yeah. And you just get tired all the time. You're just tired all the time, and you need chemicals to allow you to be awake ever. I'm and, there uh, right now. <laughs> I choose caffeine because the other problem is your body can't you, – you also can no longer you know, handle any kind of substance. Like even eating a taco could upset you. Looking Things to look forward to. Great, yeah, it's uh, it's the best. Everything is, starts to collapse. it all. <laughs> gravity is a cruel thing. Sidewalkfest.com. Thank you for listening. Bye. Batwell Studios Podcast Division. Your words, our expertise. <laughs>